0: My name is Rick Renner, and today again, I'm seated on the remains of the ancient, massive Temple of Artemis that was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world located in Ephesus. This is Ephesus. Once there was a great church in this city started by the Apostle Paul with the help of Aquila and Priscilla and pastored by Timothy. But hey, there were temples like this all over the ancient world. If you ever visit Corinth, you'll see Corinth was filled with pagan temples, and believers did not go near those temples. It wasn't that they were afraid of the devil, they just understood it was not for them. There was a bad, evil, spiritual influence in those places, and why should they subject themselves willingly to that bad spiritual influence? In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, who had to deal with pagan temples all the time, And in 1 Corinthians 10, 14, he said, flee from idolatry. Don't go near it, don't go close to it. In fact, flee from it. The Greek word for flee means move your feet, get out of there as fast as you can. Paul understood that if you hang out in bad places, you may become influenced by a wrong spiritual influence. So why subject yourself to that? Put space between yourself and the presence of evil. And that leads me to Halloween. This week, people are celebrating Halloween. You know, Halloween's pretty sinister. It's pretty dark. Vampires, devils, witches, spirits, goblins, demons. That's what Halloween is. Why in the world do Christians celebrate Halloween? We should put space between ourselves and such pagan celebrations. It's really pagan. Now, this may be a new idea to you. But I'm just trying to speak some real good spiritual common sense to you. Pagan celebrations are not for us. So what should we do with Halloween? That's what I'm going
1: to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. This
0: is Friday. And you're getting ready to start your weekend, and it's going to be blessed. We're already praying for you that God will give you the best weekend. And if you need special prayer for your weekend or whatever you're facing today or whatever you're facing generally in life, call us. Just call the number on the screen right now or send us an email. As soon as we get your call or your email, we're going to begin to really pray for you. What a privilege it is to pray for you. Every night when I go to bed, the last thing I do before I close my eyes to sleep is I pray for you. And when I wake up in the morning, before I ever get out of the bed, I'm already praying for you. We really love to pray for you, our media family. And if we can pray for you specifically, please let us know how. It will just help us do a better job of praying. And for those who become partners, we always send you a package of books as our way of saying welcome to the partner family. If you're already a partner, I want to say thank you. And right now we're offering you my series, which is called Trick or Treat, A Christian Response to Halloween. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats with a study guide. And today is the last day that we're offering this. So please order it now. Just go to our website or call us to place your order. And we're also offering you my book today for the last time called Dress to kill. Look at the size of that book. This is such a substantial book. Every single page of this book is filled with instruction that will help you wage a good warfare and keep the devil under your feet. Amen. But today, I want you to reach for your Bible, and we're going to continue our study about trick or treat a Christian response to Halloween. And we saw in the first program this week that the devil is not funny. He is not funny. He is a thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If you missed that, please go to the archive and watch it or order the series. Then in the second program, we saw how early Christians responded to pagan celebrations. In the third program, we saw if Halloween is something that you need to celebrate. In the second and third program, we really built a scriptural foundation about how we should respond to pagan celebrations. Then we saw yesterday the history of Halloween. Wow, was that amazing. And today we're going to see specifically how you should respond to Halloween. But I want us to go back to our anchor verse, which is 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, the very last verse of the epistle of 1 John. John saves the very end for a powerful punch. And in this verse, he says, little children, keep yourself from idols. The word from is a translation of the Greek word apo. It means to intentionally put space or to put distance between yourself and anything that is foul or anything that is spiritually evil. And I would translate 1 John 5, 21 like this. This is the RIV. Listen to this. Little children, I immediately order you to withdraw from idols. It's not a suggestion, it is a command. I immediately order you to withdraw from idols. Those idols and what they represent are so evil that you need to seriously guard yourself against them and to stay away from them altogether. I'm leaving no wiggle room on this issue. I'm absolutely and emphatically ordering you to immediately put as much space as possible between yourself and idols. They are evil, and represent a menace to your life, so you must urgently guard against them. What I'm telling you right now is not open for debate and is not optional. Hmm. It is an order that I fully expect you to obey. In fact, to underscore the seriousness of what I'm telling you, I'm even adding an amen distress. the point. I expect you to explicitly obey my instructions on this issue and do it now. That really is the RIV, the Renner Interpretive Version of 1 John chapter 5, verse 21. It is such a strong verse. But before we proceed, I want to give you again a little piece of history from the first century. How should we respond to Halloween or events like Halloween? Well, in the first century, Timothy was serving as the senior pastor of the big, big church in Ephesus. And Ephesus was a very pagan Very dark, spiritual city. And in Ephesus, there was a street called Kurida Street. It's in the very oldest part of the city of Ephesus. And occasionally, there would be big pagan celebrations. And one day, there was a celebration very similar to what we would call Halloween. The pagans dressed in costumes. They wore big, uh, carried big poles with effigies on the top. It was a very dark, sinister event that attracted demonic activity and senior pastor Timothy was there. What should he do? Should he just stand on the side and say, well, there's really no harm to this and let them walk by? Well, history tells us that Timothy charged into the street and rebuked them for these pagan activities, commanded them to take off those masks, to lay down those poles and those effigies and to repent of this dark deed. And history says the pagans, dressed in costumes just like Halloween, charged upon Timothy with their poles and their effigies, and they beat him to death right on Curridus Street. Timothy died correcting an event like Halloween. Hmm. He really took John's words in First John 5, verse 21, very seriously, when he said to put distance between yourselves and these events and stop it and stop it now. And he did everything he could to stop this event. But there are a lot of occult activities that we are not supposed to participate in. Occult activities are designed to give you information and knowledge that normally you would get from God or you would get from the Bible. But those who don't want to find their answers from God or in the Bible, they seek it in other places. And the occult is trying to obtain insight or information about the future or about other things in the spirit realm without the assistance of God. And there are many, many, many kinds of occult activities, and they are all forbidden by Scripture. And some of them are directly related to events like Halloween. Let me go through the list. I'm going to read from my notes because there's a lot of them and this is an abbreviated list. How about astrology? You know, when I was growing up in the Baptist church, we had a woman in our church who was fascinated with astrology. She loved Jesus. She was saved and she didn't understand the dangers of astrology. The Bible tells us in Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. She just had a lack of knowledge about the dangers of astrology, and it opened a door to the spirit realm into her life and into her family, and it was destructive. God forbids us from participating in astrology. Or how about automatic speaking? That's when you open your mouth and spirits just begin to speak through you. Or how about automatic writing? The great psychic, Edgar Cayce was famous for automatic writing. He would pick up a pen, and without writing, his hand would just begin to supernaturally move as spirits would begin to speak through him. This is forbidden by Scripture. How about calling up or conjuring the dead? Channeling. Channeling is a new term for mediums. This is strictly forbidden by Scripture. How about chiromancy? Chiromancy really is reading palms. How about clairaudience or clairvoyance? or crystal mania. Again, I can give you an example from my family. My great-grandmother Bagley, whom I loved so much, she attended church every Sunday. She loved the Lord, but she was an ignorant woman. She didn't really have a big knowledge of the Bible. But she wanted to know the future, and she wanted to know God's will for her life. So she went to a woman who had a crystal ball. This is crystal mania, crystal mancy. It is forbidden by Scripture. And my grandmother would sit there as this woman would look into the crystal ball and would tell her the future. It seemed to my grandmother like a way to know the future, but it is forbidden by Scripture. It's called crystalmancy. This is crystal balls or using crystals to know the future. It is strictly forbidden by Scripture. Or how about demon worship and demon consultation? Or how about divination? Balaam. Was a diviner. The Bible tells us that explicitly in the Old Testament. How about those that use enchantments or fortune telling? Fortune telling. Fortune tellers are all over the world. You can see their signs in shops. How about horoscopes? My grandmother Renner read the horoscopes every single day. She would call me and she would say, Ricky, be careful today because your horoscope says, and I would say, Grandma, I don't want to hear that. She thought it was benign. She thought it was funny and entertaining. But the Bible says it opens a door to the spirit realm and it is very, very dangerous. Incantations. How about mediums? Or mirror gazing, looking into mirrors in order to tell the future. Or how about necromancy from the word necros, the Greek word for the dead, necromancy, Is carrying on flirting with fellowship, fellowshipping with the dead. Actually, this is familiar spirits, and that is what Halloween is completely about. Halloween is really a celebration of necromancy, it is dangerous, it is sinister, and the Bible absolutely forbids it. We should not participate in it. Or, how about omens and oracles or Ouija boards? Hey. Did you ever have a Ouija board? When I was a Baptist kid, we thought it was a game. And we had a Ouija board, and we thought it was a game until one day, my sister and I pulled the Ouija board out of the top of the closet, put it on the ground, and we sat around it and began to ask the Ouija board questions. And the Ouija board began to answer me as it began to move across the board by itself And I realized at that moment, you know what, this is not a game. There's something moving that medallion. It is speaking to us by itself. It is a door to the spirit realm. It is forbidden by scripture. How about palmistry? When people read palms, you may think this is benign, but the Bible says this opens a door to the spirit realm and allows evil spirits to find access into your life. How about prognostication? Or how about psychometry or scrying. You may not know what that is. Scrying is trying to tell the future by looking at the entrails of dead animals. That's what Balaam did. Or how about soothsaying or sorcery or spells, casting spells, conjuring up spells. How about using spirit guides or how about being a spiritist or tarot cards or teacup reading or Wicca or witchcraft or wizardry? All of these things are clearly forbidden in Scripture. People use them to find access into the spirit realm to get answers that they want apart from the Word of God or from God, secret knowledge apart from God Himself. And these are forbidden by Scripture, my friend. These are doorways to a dark, sinister spiritual realm. And when you open them, that realm will invade your life. Now, In Deuteronomy 18, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, When you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. And now he describes those abominations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. That was an ancient occult practice. Or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures up spells, or medium, or spiritus, or one who calls up the dead, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. That is very, very clear, but that's not all. The Bible also talks about astrology. Those who try to tell the future by looking at the stars or looking at the planets. It talks about horoscopes, which sometimes is called observing the times. Listen to what the Bible says in Isaiah 47, verses 10 through 14. For you have trusted in your wickedness. Therefore, evil shall come upon you. Trouble shall fall upon you. Let now the astrologers and stargazers And the monthly prognosticator stand up and save you for what shall come upon you. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. God condemns these things. Or how about divination? Channeling, charming, clairvoyance, enchantments, familiar spirits, fortune-telling, magic, mediums, necromancy, that's Halloween, seances, sorcery, spells, spiritism, spirit guides, wizardry, and witchcraft. Revelation 21 verse 8 says those who practice these magic arts, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Then when we come to Isaiah 8, verse 19, the Bible warns not to consult mediums or spiritists. Then when you come to Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14, Isaiah 44, verse 25, Jeremiah 27, 9, 2 Kings 21, 6, and 2 Kings 23, 24, the Bible condemns and forbids all of these practices several times. Then when you come to Ezekiel 21:21, 21, 21, Isaiah 19:3, and 1 Samuel 28, the Bible says that divination and spiritism are despised, dark, evil, forbidden practices. The Bible is absolutely clear about this. In 1 Chronicles 10, 13 through 14. The Bible tells us that King Saul died because he consulted a medium for guidance. It was forbidden in Daniel two verse twenty seven The Bible says those who claim the ability to predict the future based on their own powers or on the powers of spirits are unable to do it correctly we 're told in Ezekiel thirteen eight Jeremiah 14:14 14, 14 and Isaiah 44:25 that those who practice divination are filled with nonsense lies and they are deceivers. In Leviticus 20, 27, the Bible says, if a medium was found among the camp of the Israelites, he was to be executed. That is how forbidden it was. In Leviticus 19, verse 31, the Bible says a medium or spiritus living among God's people actually is a spiritual defilement. Are you getting the notion of what the scripture says? All of this is bad. In Deuteronomy 18 verses 10 to 12, the Bible says we are not to look to omens or signs, and the Scripture reprimands those people who do it. All of these are forbidden by Scripture, and some of them are directly associated with events like Halloween. So then, what should you do with Halloween? You need to put distance between yourself and and Halloween. You may ask, well, then what am I supposed to do with my kids or my grandkids on Halloween? Well, in our church in Moscow, we have Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we all get together and have a night of praise and worship, we take that night and turn it into a moment to glorify God. It is so powerful as hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come together in our auditorium on the same night when the Occult is flirting with the dead, we are entertaining the Spirit of God. We turn it into hallelujah, and you can do that as well. But when you come to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you find that many believers in Corinth were flirting with evil because they wanted to buy good meat. You say, Rick, what are you talking about? The best meat was sold in the temples because people brought meat offerings to the gods and once they had given the meat offerings the pagan priests would take it put it on a table and they would sell it to people and if you wanted to buy the best meat you went to the temples to buy the meat and when believers went to the temple to buy meat they walked out influenced by demon spirits because they had to go into the temples or near the temples to buy the meat and as we read earlier In previous programs, those temples were infested with a demonic presence. And many times believers who came simply to buy meat would walk out influenced by wrong spiritual sources. So Paul said, better not to eat that meat. He wasn't against meat. He didn't say the meat was infested with demons, but the environment where they bought it was evil and they could walk out influenced. So Paul said, better not to eat that particular meat. And then he said in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, if you're tempted, God will provide a way for you to escape it. That word escape is a Greek word, ekbasis. It means to walk out. Just like you can walk into something, you can walk out. Sometimes people say, oh, God, deliver me from this situation. Well, God will deliver you, and he's already provided the way of deliverance. It's called your feet. Just like you can walk into something bad, you can turn around and walk out. That word escape, the Greek word ekbasis, means walk out of it. Put distance between yourself and anything that is evil. And that's why Paul follows up in the next verse and says, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. The word flee, the Greek word phuogae, it means to flee, to take flight, to run away, to run hastily, to run as fast as possible, to escape it. It pictures one's feet flying as he runs from a situation. Paul says, if you find yourself in any environment that would attract demons, God gives you a way to escape. It's called your feet. The Greek word ekbosis in verse 13, turn around and hightail it out of there, have nothing to do with that place or with that event, flee, let your feet fly as you move from those places and those events. That is the command of Scripture. And I want to end today with, again, 1 John five twenty-one. little children, keep yourself from idols. And the RIV again says, little children, I immediately order you to withdraw from idols. Those idols and what they represent, this could also pertain to Halloween, are so evil that you need to seriously guard yourself against them and to stay away from them all together. I'm leaving no wiggle room on this issue. I'm absolutely and emphatically ordering you to immediately put as much space as possible between yourself and these things. They are evil and represent a menace to your life. So you must urgently guard against them. What I'm telling you right now is not open for debate, and is not optional. It is an order that I fully expect you to obey. In fact, to underscore the seriousness of what I'm telling you, I'm even adding an amen to stress the point. I expect you to explicitly obey my instructions on this issue and to do it now. That should answer the question about how you should respond to Halloween which really is an event associated with necromancy. That's what it is. When pagans believed this line between the spirit realm and the natural realm was so thin that they could conjure up spirits to pass from the dead realm into the realm of the living, which is not possible. It really was familiar spirits who were pretending to be the dead. It was an evil, evil event, and that is still what it is. People practice it because they don't understand that it is a door opener to the spirit realm. Now, you may say, oh, come on, it's not serious. It's just makeup. It's just costumes. My friends, any time that you entertain the devil or demons, you're dealing with something that is evil. And what a conflicting message you're giving to your kids or to your grandkids. On one hand, you're teaching your kids and your grandchildren they have authority over the devil. And then you're dressing them like devils what kind of message is that? That's really a confusing signal. So we need to really think straight about this pagan celebration. And according to First John 5 verse 21, we need to put as much space as possible between us and these kinds of events. I'm out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment. And I'm looking forward to praying for you.
1: Halloween is widely celebrated in the Western world, but what should the Christian response to Halloween be? Although it may look like fun and games, there is a sinister evil behind Halloween, and Christians need to rethink their participation in such a holiday. There is no need to be condemning of those who celebrate it, but neither should a believer participate in it. In Trick or Treat, a Christian response to Halloween, Rick Renner delves into the subject of the occult and the need to refrain from anything that hints of evil. The devil is no joke. Demons are no joke. Witchcraft is real. Is this really something that Christians should participate in or celebrate? In this five-part series, Rick Renner covers the New Testament attitude toward the devil and demons, the reality of the demonic realm, the New Testament mandate to refrain from all occultic activities, the historical beginnings of Halloween. Available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10, you'll be so glad you took time to digest this powerful series. In addition, you can also purchase the book Dress to Kill In this book, Rick answers questions about the often misunderstood subject of spiritual warfare. This comprehensive study teaches you how to put on the full armor of God and the importance of each piece of armor in defeating the enemy. This powerful book can be yours for just $22. Don't miss this special offer, the series Trick or Treat, a Christian response to Halloween, and the book Dress to Kill. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
0: My friend, we need your help because our ministry is really growing. God has graciously entrusted to us the responsibility to bring teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. And people are tuning in because they feel they have found teaching they can trust people reaching out to us for spiritual support and requesting our resources, many of which we send for free. We're doing everything we can to really reach out and strengthen people's lives. But the ministry is growing. Our Tulsa office has become insufficient. We've outgrown it. We have no room for storage. People are literally sitting all over the building. And our Moscow studio is so small for what we need because now we are doing five to seven live programs a day in multiple languages. And right now we're already in the process of building a new studio in Moscow. If you would go online, there on our homepage, you'll see a link where you can read about all that we're doing in our ministry in this expansion project and how you can participate. And my friend, you really will be making a difference in somebody else's life. I'm looking forward to praying for you right now, but first, I want to encourage you to order my series, Trick or Treat, A Christian Response to Halloween. It is the last day that we're offering it, and it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you my book, which is called Dress to Kill. If you don't have this book, you really need it. But I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you that we have the mind of Christ because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Holy Spirit, help us to think through what we should do with Halloween. Help us to know how to encourage others to do the right thing. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with me. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you in the next program.